In the words of the great philosopher Ja Rule, we were hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray. Mike effing white. This time, it's not the run through a wall, Mike effing white. It's a bang your head against the effing wall, Mike effing white. We were all ready to run the streets naked after the Jets' backup QB came out of nowhere to lead the Jets to a thrilling win in his first ever NFL start. Then he had a good quarter, and then he got hurt, and then Sunday came at MetLife against the Bills. Four interceptions and a disastrous 45-17 loss later, we were brought from our fantasy land to reality. The QB that pulled at our heartstrings reminded us why is a backup QB and reminded us Jets fans once again, why can't we have nice things? While it might be unfair to judge Mike White for one disastrous game against a really good Bills team, this was a shot for him to keep getting a shot, keep getting his chance to be the quarterback of this team. Instead, he's going back to the bench. Maybe he's even going back to the practice squad. It's now the time we return to the QB we took second in the draft, Zach Wilson. Wilson watched White have a performance similar to this in his home debut against the Patriots where he threw four interceptions. Ghosts made their way back to East Rutherford on Sunday. It's the ghost of quarterbacks past, and it's the nightmare that keeps on spooking a fan base that really has no hope in sight. Turns out Gangrene just wanted to scare us. Give us one game for the ages on the 31st of October. Same old Jets. Yeah, clearly it's not good enough. White protected contact on the pass, and it's picked. The only thing we can do is, is get better from it and not let this beat us twice. White's going to take a shot, puts his back into it, and that ball is picked. Uh, from coaches to players, we got to find a way to get better every day, or you're selling yourself short. Play action from White, delivers it, is picked. And this thing goes from bad to worse quickly for White and the Jets. Just got to get better from it and, and learn from it and just turn the page and, and get better. So, boy, these last two weeks have been a nightmare. And that is going to continue. Boyer with a pick of his own. Thank you, Mike White, giving us five. A sobering reminder for White about how tough it is to play quarterback in this league. Ooh, welcome back to Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast from the New York Post. In that montage you just heard, it was Robert Sala. Mike White, Jordan Poyer, and Spiro Didis of CBS on the call. It's Jake Brown here alongside Brian Costello. Oh, the pain. Steve Serby will join us later in the show. Cause the Jets have come back down to earth here. Losing 45-17 to the Bills on Sunday. They fall to 2-7. and seven. Mike White, what can we say? Four interceptions. The Jets had five turnovers. It killed them, the turnovers. Mike White, a big reason for you know losing. We'll talk a lot about him. The defense is just terrible. It is painful to watch a defense this bad. In my lifetime, arguably the worst defense I have ever seen out there. We knew going into the season, Kaz, that this defense had a lot of young players, and they were putting guys out there, starting quarterbacks, starting linebackers, starting players that probably would not start for almost any other team. Maybe the Detroit Lions who are now 0-8-1, you know, avoiding losing a game by tying, they might play for them. Any other team, I don't know. The way they're playing, this is pathetic. I mean, you can't be this bad and keep getting opportunities. When you give up 54 to the Pats, 45 to the Colts, now 45 to the Bills, only game before that under 24 was 19 to the Panthers in week one in a game that they lost. They are not putting their offense in Any position to win. The yard totals are through the roof. A team's either running and passing on them, just running, just passing, doing both. It is painful for a head coach who 
was a defensive coordinator who preached defense, who coached defense, who was supposed to coach these guys up, who we loved, all gas, no breaks. Well, it's all gas, no breaks on your way home when you're leaving this game in the third quarter. And thank God I went with the decision to not go. Was out a little bit late on Saturday night. Didn't want to wake up and make the trek. It was a little chilly, 48 degrees, a little balmy. The weather's getting cold. Not trying to get sick before I go home this weekend. That was a performance that the Jets should be giving the money back to the fans for the money that they spent on those tickets, for the parking, for the hot dogs, for the beer, for the bets that they made, for the plus 13 bets that were made. That is a performance that you're going to burn that game tape. And I'm thinking bringing new players in. I I don't care that the the practice squad players may not be good. There's only so much more Brandon Eccles and, you know, Javelin Gidry I could get watched roasted by every wide receiver, every tight end, every running back that goes past them. It's like they're playing Joe Montana every week. And it's unacceptable to be this bad on defense and play in the National Football League. 48 degrees is cold, Jake? It's a little balmy after 60, 66. No, balmy's warm. Well, balmy means warm. But 48 degrees, you're softer than the Jets' defense. I mean, yes. come on. We'll, we'll, we'll They're talk passing about that. on their soft nature to me, Kyle. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I, Jake, this is the worst Jets' defense ever and might be one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. Like, the the stats that you know, ESPN Stats and Info was pumping out last night were in pretty pretty grim you know 175 points in four games is the second most since 1970 i think it was in a four game span yep a four game span and then the um giving up 45 in three out of four games is the first time since 1966 that someone's done that so like i go back to the summer jake and watching training camp and i said to someone at the end end of camp i said this might be the worst defense I've ever seen. And then they played okay for the first three games. I, I, you know, I thought, okay, maybe I was wrong. And I threw some bouquets their way. Like they're the most pleasant surprise on the team. Well, they've realized what they were and they've they've come back down to earth. And, you know, they were fortunate. They had a run there where they were missing receivers, where Jerry Judy was out for Denver and AJ Brown was out for Tennessee and Julio Jones was out and Calvin Ridley for Atlanta. Well, Stefan Diggs wasn't out (laughs) Sunday, Jake, and he torched them. And, when they face receivers of that caliber, they have no shot. You know, to me, it starts with the players. They don't have enough good players on defense. And Joe Douglas concentrated on offense in the draft. That was, you know, he understood why he was doing that. He took a quarterback number two overall. He wanted to build around him. The scars of Sam Darnold were still fresh. And everyone's saying they didn't build around Sam Darnold. But when you do spend your first four draft picks on offense, guess what? You're ignoring your defense, and they're paying the price right now for that. And they, their big free agent signing, Carl Lawson, is you know is out for the season, so they didn't even get that part of it. But you know, Jake, there's nothing they can do right now. And I know you're screaming about practice squad players, like those guys are on the practice squad for a reason. And yes, maybe they come in and have one good game or something like that. But this is not a problem that's going to be fixed in the next eight weeks. The good news for them is they don't see many more teams that are as good as the Bills offensively or, or defensively, for that matter. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender team. The Jets have the Bucks are still on the schedule. The Bills in the last game of the season, which might be meaningless for them, but they got they got games against teams in their weight class coming up, and those are the games he, they've got to show up in, and those games have to be close in the fourth quarter. They can't be like these last few games have been. Fix it now. I mean, yeah, Dolphins, Texans, Eagles, Saints. Well, it needs to be fixed this offseason because the front the office did a yeah. terrible job of putting a, a competent team, and they fooled us. You know, I said, I said in the opening monologue, 
Ja Rule, hoodwinked, bamboozled. We were led astray the first couple of weeks of the season. We know who this defense is right now, and they are hot trash. They're garbage. There's a lot of garbage players out there who, you know, at some points of the game, stop giving up. They give up in the game. And, and, you know, balmy. I guess it was balmy of me to use that. Apparently the dated North American version of balmy means extremely foolish or eccentric. The, the real meaning is of the weather pleasantly warm. So the polar opposite of balmy was a 48, a little windy. I guess I'm getting soft too. I, me watching the, you know, it's, it's coming through the screen and on me, I'm becoming soft. Couldn't go. I didn't want to drop, you know, a hundred dollars in a game, the commute. I couldn't do it. And thank God I didn't. Cause this is not a watchable product and it's going to be an ugly December, man. This team is two and seven. They play the Dolphins team who's playing a lot better lately. Maybe they win in Houston against the Texans, but how are you going to ask fans in, in cold December to come to MetLife Stadium to see Jets Eagles, Jets Saints with maybe Trevor Simeon, and then Jets Jaguars. Merry Christmas. You know, return all your presents in the morning. Come to Jets Jaguars at 1 o'clock on December 26th. Come on. Come on out. I could think of anything else I better. Oh, come on out. You're hungover from New Year's. Come on out on January 2nd to see Tom Brady throw 32 touchdown passes. Come out January 2nd. Happy New Year. The defense is ready to give you a treat. Here's 97 points. It's going to be 97 to 3 that day. Oh, my God. It's kind of disrespectful to be this bad. But let's talk now about Mike White because he gave us scary hours was the theme for the Nets. We had a couple of scary hours on Halloween when Mike White threw for 405 yards. But that's all it was. They scared us into thinking that Mike White was the franchise quarterback for the Jets. It's back to square one. It's back to the guy you drafted. It's back to Zach Wilson. Assuming he's healthy next week, Kaz, and let's hope watching these games and, and hopefully getting his knee, getting healthy will help him. He didn't get to watch games at the start. He started off week one ready to roll as a starting quarterback, maybe getting humbled a bit by having Mike White have a big game, take his spot, take his spotlight. Maybe that changes things, and you can only hope so because this is a sad state of affairs with this team right now. Your franchise quarterback sucked. He gets hurt. The backup comes in, has a good game. Then shows us he is he's back to normal. We need a good month here. Jets fans need a good six six to eight weeks. We get eight more games of Zach Wilson to kind of raise their spirits. Because if he's as bad as he was early in the season, this is going to be an alarming final six weeks of the season. Yeah, they have to go back to him, Jake. You know, I mean, that's what this season was about was figuring out what you had, not just at quarterback, but some of the other positions, and but starting with quarterback and starting with Zach Wilson. So his development needs to be the priority. I thought if Mike White kept playing the way he was, yeah, stick with him, try to win some games. But I kind of, I told you last week, I thought the Cincinnati game was a little bit deceiving because of how many yards after contact people got for him throwing the ball. He didn't throw a ball over 20 yards in that game. And you saw the Bills, you know, had a good game plan. They they were giving him stuff underneath, but they were making tackles right away. And they didn't they didn't let him get anything deep. They were they played very good defense, the number one defense in the league. And if you're Mike White, you know, it's unfortunate. You can't have a game like that. You know, Zach Wilson can have some bad games and they're still gonna roll him out there. Mike White had to be not perfect, but he had to be above average to keep the job and, and he wasn't yesterday. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I go back to two thousand eighteen, Jake, and Sam Darnold was better after he sat down, and I know it didn't work out with Sam Darnold eventually, but he played quarterback better at the end of 2018 than before his foot injury. So we'll see if Zach can do the same thing. And sometimes watching from the sideline helps and watching other guys do it. Miami has a good defense. They, they're playing a lot better than they were. So it's going to be a good test for him if he plays Sunday. And then he might get some soft spots after that in the schedule. Being a Mets and Jets fan, it's just so eerily similar.
filler. It's like you get one day or or one week of nice things. All's good and great. But then, you know, in the back of your head, there's a tornado coming. I'm at the Queens baseball <laughs> convention on Saturday and I'm like, wow, this is going great. And then I, you know, my phone's on the charger. I go look at it. Tornado warning. I'm like, oh, of course, a Mets event going good. And then we're getting a tornado coming down on us. It's like the Jets, you know, Halloween was electric. You know, we're like, let's see what this kid has got. He has a good quarter against the Colts. Then he gets hurt. It's like in that one moment, you saw the two sides and then four interceptions and just looked lost out there. He tried to pull, you know, Zach Wilson, make a couple of hero ball throws. One of them was picked off. Jordan Poyer, basically, as you heard in that montage, said, thank you, Mike White. He's got the other team playing against him. And part of me feels bad for him. Listen, this was a backup, came in, had one just god-awful game. And now he may never never play for the Jets again. Assuming Zach Wilson is healthy, we might not see Mike White in a Jets uniform again on the field. And that sucks for him because it's a tough situation because one guy is getting all the opportunities and was the second pick in the draft. He's getting paid millions and millions of dollars. He's got all the money in the world. The other guy's fighting for a roster spot and may not get one. It may have to do with another team or maybe be the long-term backup. I mean, has he shown you enough cause to be the long-term backup? Or, you know, do you just go the veteran route and have Joe Flacco came in and did a nice job? Obviously, short sample size, but you're in a tough predicament here at backup if you're the Jets with all these quarterbacks. No, I think he's the backup, Jake. I mean, think about it. All offseason, what we talk about? Oh, they're not they're not signing a veteran backup. Well, part of that decision was because they trusted Mike White. Backup quarterbacks are going to have four interception games. Starting quarterbacks have that. You can't throw him out now just because of one game. So I think he'll be the backup. I think he'd probably be the backup next year too uh, i think he's a restricted free agent so i think they'll bring him back but you know they trusted him enough to make him the backup behind zach to start the season and i don't think anything about yesterday would change that for them i mean i was so close to buying a mike effing white jersey it was like bucky effing dent and now i'm it's not even effing now you're just cursing because you're just mad at him i mean you're banging your head against the wall you're like how did this turn so quickly? And you kind of like want to see him against Miami just to see if maybe that was a one-shot thing. But if Zach's healthy, he's your guy. And Jets fans now go next week thinking, all right, we're not that mad. We're going back to Zach. We saw Mike. We had some fun with him. But man, it was a short amount of fun. And I, I knew this game, and I, I'm sure you felt similar, the momentum switch. And it wasn't a huge score change, but it was just the the air sucked out of the building. When it's 17-3, to Corey Davis is approaching, I think he got to the 27, makes a nice catch, gets down the field, gets the Jets in field goal range, and then fumbles the ball. And Corey Davis has been, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here. I mean, having some great catches, fumble, and then he fumbles it. He's been okay, gets her, has had early in the season, had some big drops. He's been like, you see the, the good moments and why they sign him, and then you see some bad moments why Tennessee said, nah, we're good. That fumble to end the half, and then the Bills coming out just – of the floodgates to open the second half. I think that's when we kind of had the idea, cause You couldn't go into the half any worse than that after that fumble. Yeah, well, I mean, Jake, you know, four minutes before the half, four minutes after the half, that is like a critical point of a football game, right? That Like games are won and lost there all the time, and, and that's why teams defer. You know, you talk, oh, well, they should take the ball. Salah said it earlier, that's why you defer, is you hope to score right before halftime, then you get the ball back and score after halftime. So the Jets cut it to 10-3 with, I think, like 153 left in the half. So you're like, all right, they're down a touchdown. You know, you get to halftime down 10-3, you feel pretty good, right? That You're in the game. Defense, that's when they go to Diggs, 57-yard pass, double move on Brandon Eccles, who's looking in the backfield. He had to be aware that they were going to try a deep shot there, move the ball quickly down the field. They hit it, they go down, they score. So now it's 17-3. 
Jets come back. They're going to get at least get a field goal after Corey Davis catches that ball. Uh, 17 to 6 isn't great, but okay, you're still down 11. He fumbles. That ends that. Then they, they come out. They march down the field. They score. Now it's 24 to 3. Then White throws the deep interception where he tried to throw to Elijah Moore, just totally hero ball, take a shot. And then Buffalo scores. And now it's 31 to three, Jake, with 11 minutes left in the third quarter, six minutes were earlier in game time. It had been 10 to three. <laughs> it was like, it was so quick. It was, it just, the, they, the game got away from them so quick because they played poor situational football before they learn how to win. They have to learn how not to lose. And right now that was a game where they lost that game in that little span of time there. It was a bloodbath. It was an absolute bloodbath. We had the ghost Zach Wilson, the home debut where, what did he throw, five picks that day or four? What was it? Four. Four, four yep. again. Eight picks in two games at home. A couple minutes in the second half, fans are leaving. They're going back to the tailgate. They're going to the sports book to bet on the four o'clock games. By four o'clock, fans are home. You want fans home at six celebrating or being like, oh, we competed today. We played well. They're getting home at four. They're catching the final minutes of witching hour. The game is still on, and fans are back home drinking beers on their couch while the game is still going. The Jets need to change that. It's not going to happen, obviously, in these last eight games. Maybe you win some games against some bad teams, but Zach Wilson has to show us something in these last eight games. The defense has to show something because these guys are not guaranteed jobs. Like you said on last show, I think this could be a quick fix offseason. They have to put a lot of money into this defense. C.J. Mosley's getting a lot of it, but they got to put a lot of money into the defense and get some capable cornerbacks, some capable guys in the secondary. You're going to have to get new safeties because, you know, who knows if Marcus May is going to come back or if he'll even come back you know, healthy next year. They have a lot of questions that need to be answered. And you're hoping Zach Wilson could at least avoid one of those questions and return from this injury and be good. But this is just a bleak, sad state of affairs in Jetsland. Well, coming up next, we'll talk about this disaster with the post Steve Serby right here on Gangs All Year. What the hell is going on here? All right, joining us is another guy that covered the game on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. That would be our friend Steve Serby, longtime sports columnist of the New York Post that you can follow on Twitter at NYPost underscore Serby. Read his stories in the Post, NYPost.com, Post Sports Plus. Get your free 30-day trial now. Well, Serby, the Mike White era was fun while it lasted, but assuming Zach Wilson is 100% ready to go, it seems like, and I said this to Kaz on his last show, this might be the final time we see Mike White in a Jets uniform on Sunday. Unless Zach Wilson gets hurt again, of course. From the beginning, was about the development of Zach Wilson. And until he's seven, time to get him back in and see what he's learned. Yeah, I think it is time uh, to go back to Zach. If we went back to August, we were talking about the season. There was no playoff aspirations for the Jets. The season was about finding what they had uh, going forward, starting with Zach Wilson. So I think they have to go back to him. You know, the Mike White story was fun, but I didn't think that was going to last forever. And, I, I, you know, Jake, you talked about, like, will we ever see him again? I think the Jets may think they found the long-term backup. He could be the backup for a while here. So you might see him again. But to me, sir, doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. <laughs> if the Jets defense can't do anything better than what they're doing right now, Joe Montana could be a quarterback for them. They have to score 50 points to win a game. You know, what stood out to you, sir, about the defense yesterday and just these past four games of, of what's going wrong for them? I don't get it because, uh, look, Robert Sala came over with this uh, defensive genius reputation, but you can't make chicken salad out of you know what. It's a combination of bad coaching and bad playing. 
and bad players. We knew from the start of the season when Darrell Rebus wasn't coming out of retirement and Antonio Cromartie wasn't coming out to join Rebus. We knew that the Jets had major problems at cornerback and they didn't address it. And if you saw the game on Sunday, and because when you were still awake, I had to nudge you a few times, but uh, while you were still awake, you had Javelin Gidry on one side and what Brandon Eccles on the other side. I really believe that if I were from Staten Island trotted out onto the field, he might have been able to feed one of those two on occasion. When they're going up against elite receivers, they have no chance. This is what you get when you gamble on no cornerback that have proven they can be professional cornerbacks, and then you lose a Marcus May, who might have helped just a little bit. Maybe the score would have been 38-17 to 17 instead of 45-17. to 17. But and, and the coaching has to get better. You can't leave these guys on an island against receivers like Stefan Diggs and McKenzie, your boy McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie, and Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders. That's a mismatch. The coaches have to figure out something out as well. Uh, I know in the offseason, Carl Lawson was going to provide the pass rush. And the issues go beyond personnel. They go into the coaching also with Salah and Robert Albright. They have not stepped up to the plate. If you're a Jet fan, the New York Sack Exchange seems like such a distant memory. My thoughts are there are eight games left and there's no way they're going to fix this. <laughs> right now, I mean, this is a off-season fix. This is more about players than coaching to me. I agree with you, sir, about they messed up yesterday leaving Javelin Gidry on an island against uh, Stefan Diggs when after Brendan Eccles got hurt and Gidry had to come into the game. That was you saw Josh Allen seize on it right away and, and and throw that way. They should have adjusted. You know, they love their scheme and their scheme doesn't play a lot of cover two and they needed to play cover two yesterday and, and they didn't. This is much more about players to me than coaches. And I've said this now year after year after year. And it was Todd Bowles is a terrible coach. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He had terrible players. Adam Gase is the worst coach in the history of football. No, he wasn't. He had terrible players. Robert Sala is now getting killed. You can't coach bad players to be good players. Like that doesn't happen. And the players on the Jets are not good right now. And that's the problem with this team. You know, and it's not going to be fixed in the next eight games. It's going to be fixed in the offseason if they can fix it. So there's going to be eight games of pain coming up. <laughs> well, also, also, Joe Douglas was so determined, and you can't blame them, for trying to add playmakers and protectors in the draft, starting with Sam Darnold and then with Zach Wilson. And he didn't draft a defensive player, don't forget, till the fifth round, Jamie and Sherwood, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he focused on the offense and even, you know, he added Carl Lawson in free agency. That was a big, big money signing, but obviously... Lawson got hurt. So, so you have to kind of check that off as part of the evaluation. You know, this, this offseason is going to be about the defense. There's no question about that. They, they need to add players on the defensive side and free agency and the draft. I'm sure soon, Jake, we're going to be talking about where the Jets are drafting. And right now they're three no. and seven, I think, in Tankathon. And we're going to be talking about Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. And can he be the cornerback? Can he be the new Revis? Let and- me eat my goddamn turkey first. My goodness. It's November 15th and we're talking about this i'm curious you know from both of you guys is that there are eight games left it's a repeated bad effort bad just performances from the defense 54 45 45 25 26 24 27 31 uh the only game you know they've given up under 20 points was against the panthers in week one and, and we were going goo goo gaga over these young cornerbacks and they've come back down to earth do you try guys on the practice obviously the trade deadlines passed do you shift different guys in there do you call up guys in the practice squad to start do you go pick up you know a guy off the street or do you just keep throwing these guys out there for the final eight games yeah i don't think there's guys on the practice squad jake that 
you know, they're on the practice squad for a reason. They know these players. I mean, and look, Bryce Hall has been okay. Bryce Hall, I think is fine. I think Bryce Hall could be a number two corner going forward. Brandon Eccles got torched by a really good receiver yesterday in Stefan Diggs. And then Javelin Guidry had to come into the game. And for whatever reason, he was covering Diggs. Now, like, where I have a pro- issue with Salah is, you know, we, we've seen guys in the past where, you know, Revis being the most notable one with the Jets, they travel with the best receiver, right? Wherever the best receiver goes on the field, that guy goes with him. They never did that in Seattle. That was always the knock on Richard Sherman. If you ask Revis, who's better, you or Richard Sherman, Revis said, well, I am because I always have to play the best receiver. He stays on the one side and they can move the receiver away from him. That's why they did it in Seattle. That's where Salah grew up as a coach. He does not move cornerbacks from side to side. Yesterday, he needed to move like Bryce Hall is your best cornerback. Put him on Stefan Diggs because you have no one else that can cover him. But yeah, Jake, I don't think I don't think there's any answers on the practice squad. Sure, they can run through some guys if they want to, but I don't think they have anybody there. Yeah, no. Well, obviously, Salah is another Richard Sherman or a Darrell Revis. Another part of, and I'm not loving Joe Douglas for this, but you know, if the Jets have two top ten picks, it would be nice if they'd be able to keep them for a while. I thought it was a very good move by Joe Douglas trading Leonard Williams for a couple of draft picks, but Leonard Williams was the sixth pick of the draft. Jamal. Adams had to get rid of him. He was the sixth pick of the draft. It would be nice if the Jets were able to develop and keep these guys and keep them happy more than a few years. First round picks, they traded away their 2014, 15, 17, and 18 first round picks, and they cut their 2016 first round pick before he was, or actually they traded him too. They traded Darren Lee too. So they've traded all those guys from 14 to 18. All their first round picks have been traded. (laughs) So there's drafting and there's development. They got to develop some players. Well, at least there's Quinn and Williams. He's still here. Okay, yeah. he's for a few more years. You know, is it fair that Mike White kind of is kind of judged off one game here? I, you know, he had the one great game and then one bad game, and everyone's like, "Oh, here's who he actually is." Uh, you know, it's a tough defense he went up against. I think he's just in a tough circumstance. But is it fair for the fans and the team to judge him and say, "All right, back to Zach Wilson"? Mike White had a bad game. Do you think that's fair to him? It is, and it isn't. He did play well, played very well, four hundred five yards passing, and then and then against Indianapolis, it would have been cruel to yank him. He had shown up flashes on that second series that he was the real deal but like you said the buffalo defense is just in a different league Zach wilson would not have had any more success uh sunday than than mike white did but the bottom line is when you draft a quarterback second overall to be your franchise quarterback to be your savior if you're a mike white you can't afford there's no margin for error and he made four errors yesterday i think he understands the lay of the land in the nfl more often than not 98 percent of the time you're gonna sit and watch the chosen one zach wilson there aren't many tom brady stories as much as some jet fans were hoping that the fairy tale would continue for Mike White. Zach Wilson has the kind of arm talent that Mike White does not have. He just has to learn how to play quarterback. That falls also on Michael LaFleur. The two of them have to work hand in hand, one mind and two heads. It's time to start developing this kid because he has a special talent. We've just only seen flashes of it. Uh, Like I said, it's time for Zach Wilson to play catch up to these other franchise, young franchise quarterbacks that are being developed in New England, of all places, Chicago, San Francisco, to a degree. Jake, I, I I would say that what Serby said, you don't have you don't have any room for error when you're Mike White, right? You can't. Zach Wilson can have a game like that, and he's still going to get rolled out the next week. It's not going to happen with Mike White. He had to play well or at least above average to to keep the job, and he didn't yesterday. And the other thing, Jake, like I, I know 
I kind of last week told you, like, slow down. It was eight quarters. The Bengals gave me a 405 yards. He didn't have a pass over 20 yards in that game. Cincinnati had the worst defensive game plan I've ever seen in my life where they just, they had, for some reason, they were afraid he was going to throw the ball over their head and they gave all the stuff up underneath and then they couldn't tackle. So there was all these yards after catch. So I would ask you, Jake, a big fan of the Mike White era. What was the best throw that Mike White made? What was your favorite throw of Mike White? <laughs> yeah, there weren't many memorable ones. There, there wasn't, a lot of right? Short there, yeah. right? And again, like, look, he had 405 yards, three touchdowns. No one can take that game away from him. But what's your favorite Zach Wilson throw? against the Titans, 53 yards down the field. He can make throws that Mike White can't. And yes, he has to learn how to be a quarterback. Mike White has been in the league since 2018, so he's had a lot more time to figure things out. It's going to be fascinating to see if Zach plays differently when he comes back, because I really think in 2018, Sam Donald played differently when he came back after the injury. Cause it makes you wonder why Zach Wilson could not play the way Mike White was playing. Look at what he did at BYU last year. We all saw the oh, highlights. Okay. He was all, you got to so that's, that's how the kid thinks. Yeah, they do. They do, but he he's only played six games, right, or uh, or five games. He's that's he's what, got it. That's he, what the coaches are paid to do. Yeah, and they've said it. You know, they want him to play boring football. That's what they've got to get him to do. And I but I think this little stint on the bench will help them do that because now they. They can point to they can point to that Cincinnati game and say, look, look what he did taking checkdowns, you know. So you got to do that. They can't take Zach Wilson completely out of what he does. Like that, that's why he was the number two pick in the draft, is he could kind of make stuff happen. So it's got to be a happy medium. And they've hired six quarterback coaches, right? They brought John Beck in for this reason. Like they they should be able to do it, but it's just it's gonna take a little time. And look, the Miami defense, I know we'll preview that later in the week, Jake, but <laughs> that was a pretty impressive performance by them Thursday night. So that's not gonna be a cakewalk either with Xavier and Howard out there at cornerback and then blitzing safeties every time. Um, that's going to be an interesting game, too. You know, the Patriots have done a pretty good job, uh, Belichick and Josh McDaniels, of teaching Mac Jones how to be a quarterback in the NFL and how not to play hero ball. And look where Mac, Mac Jones is looking like a guy who can haunt the Jets for the next decade or two. I, I know it's early, but, you know, Zach Wilson shouldn't have had to fit in my view to learn not to play hero ball to take what the defense gives him the way Mike White was it's not that difficult I mean yeah you you could you can make those rare Zach Wilson throws those off-platform throws that Joe Douglas and and Salah fell in love with during the draft process but the premium the, the priority had to be teaching him how to play the position and I don't understand why he had to sit to learn that what happens at quarterback now I guess for both of you is Mike White the backup or is Joe Flacco the backup Mike I think Flacco Mike White's the backup <laughs> I think Mike White's the backup. You know, I think he's done enough that he's, he's earned that spot. But it's a good question. So they trade for a draft pick for Joe Flacco to, you know, be active for one game, throw the ball three for three and get a touchdown. Uh, hell, hell of a run. Perfect quarterback rating. Perfect quarterback <laughs> rating. What are you talking about? Uh, now he's gone. He's just, they're just going to cut him and Mike White's back. They're not going to cut him, but he'll, he'll be around. If I had a, an organiz- a football team, I'd want Joe Flacco in my quarterback room, even if he doesn't play. Class so act. do they keep three quarterbacks? They, that never happens. It does. Uh, yeah, I think they'll keep three. Mike White did such a wonderful job up until yesterday. Maybe he can play quarterback. Is that asking too much? I guess I guess not after what we saw. Serby, I've heard you don't bring debit cards with you. Are, are you in the mafia, Serby? What do you mean a debit card? What, what, what are you talking ATM about? card. An ATM card. ATM sir. card. No, I don't do ATM. I could barely spell it. <laughs> I would have been the last guy without Easy Pass if they hadn't taken away all the toll booths. No, I don't do why. Why? I, I, I've never needed money. I've never run out of money on the road anywhere. Yeah, but some places don't, especially after COVID, like City Field, the stadiums, they don't even take cash. They only take card. 
So do you use like a credit card? Like you need a card with you at all times. Yeah, I use a credit card. It, as a matter of fact, I use your credit card. <laughs> There's no room left on those. Why? Am I the only person you know that doesn't have an ATM card? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are. That's why I was I was surprised by that. Yeah, no, I've I've never I've never I have never run out of money. I'm proud to say I've never needed an ATM card. Life's complicated enough for me. Yeah, you're old school. I mean, I I, I appreciate it. I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. But and you also write your stories on your phone, which might be even more insane than the debit card. You just did a great, you check it out, one-on-one with uh, Michael Carter, the Jets running back in the post. Check that out on the website. But that's, you know, a lot of words. I don't know, what, 1,500 cause? I don't know how many words that would be. It's a lot of words, and it's all typed up on your little iPhone 11, whatever it is. How does that work? <laughs> well, it, 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 I've gotten more comfortable writing on my on my phone than I do on, on my computer. So I don't even bring my computer to the games anymore. And, and when I go out to Jets camp or Giants camp, my office is, becomes my car. I leave my car running to keep my phone charged. And I write while I'm uh, behind the wheel of my car. Doesn't everybody do that? While he's driving, Jake. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't take journalists. Don't take lessons from this podcast. <laughs> no, not not while I'm driving. Not while. Serby, how do you, Serby, how do you know how long the story is? Because like you know, for me, Jake, like when I'm writing a story on my computer, I am doing a word count, checking the word count, and that's how you know how long the story is. Because we have editors who do not like it when you send stories that are too long. So, sir, how do you know how long the story is on your phone? I, I just have a sense for it. Although sometimes I go over my limit, but also occasionally I will Google word counter and check it out. You ever do that word count? No, no, because no. you know I use Microsoft Word usually. I can just do a word count in there. Yeah, and Google Drive in the Google. You type in a Google Doc. It there's a word count there. I, I thought you individually counted each word, Serbian. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be a no, new level. No, if I go wildly over, then the editor will say, "Look, you got you got to cut it down." That's all. One of a kind. We've got a Legend- great staff of editors. Cool. Yes, shout out to the New York Post editors. They're all they're all tremendous. Shout out to the editors, the Taranovas, the Tashes, and uh, everyone in between. Steve. Serby, you can follow him on Twitter at nypost underscore Serby. Read his stories, read his column on his one on one, and read his column after the game that there should be no debate about Zach Wilson being the Jets' future. Well, Serby, good to have you on as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. See you. Don't even get me going. Oh, man. That's. Seals up episode 84, the Fred Baxter edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Make sure you give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts, please. Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. NYPost.com is where you find us. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and at Brian Cos. Thanks to my fellow producer here, Andrew Hartz, who helped me on producing the show. Hartz, you know, the good thing is, if you know, if people listen this far to the end here, is it was an eventful weekend for me. You know, I went to the Queens baseball convention Saturday. Saw Gary Cohen, Ron Darling, beat Sal Licata in trivia. Interviewed the King on Saturday night, and I have no photo evidence to prove of it. I was in a locker room. Guys were changing, and you know, that's a sacred place, Hearts. You, you can't be taking, you know, a selfie or a picture as a guy's junk is out in a locker room with a bunch of former hockey players, but King Henrik, King of Astoria, in the same locker room. How about that? I mean, it, it wasn't a, a complete total waste of a weekend, and you know, you saved yourself about 100 bucks by not going to that life, and you probably save yourself another 100 bucks by not buying a Mike F. and White jersey. So, uh, pretty good for you, I'd say. And I saw Mark Rebier, who we may go see on Tuesday, and I'm sure 99% of the listeners of Gangs All Here don't know him, but 
what an electric show. You know, Mike White didn't command the quarterback room or command the huddle, but Mark Revier commands the crowd. That place is lighting up. He was pouring champagne in the crowd. He's calling girls up to the stage, playing beats. He was just going wild. He's a must-see. Nicknamed the Loop Daddy. So if Mike White did put on a show Sunday, Mark Revier at least did. Listen, if any Jet fans are still feeling down, you know, just hop on some Revier and uh, he'll get you back in a good mood and, you know, hopefully get you pumped up for this upcoming weekend's game and the future with Zach Wilson. So he'll be fine. The Mark Revier warm-up playlist. There you go. That's what you need. Because you're essential. Well, our listeners are essential here at Gangs All Here. We appreciate your support. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the game against the Dolphins. For Brian Costello, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. Thanks for listening to Gangs All Here. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Peace.